0: Hello, friends. How are you? I am just popping in to give a little intro to this podcast episode with Mary Lineberg. I'm actually posting this on Wednesday instead of Monday. I'm trying to get it up now. It's 922 AM. Let's see when it gets up. But I'm trying to get it up because Mary's comparison challenge, the 16th, it starts Friday the 16th. And I really want people to sign up and experience this because the ability Mary has to speak directly to someone and speak the words, like she just allows the Holy Spirit and the words are spoken to your soul, like when you need to hear them. And um, I just know that you're going to do nothing but benefit from this. I have links in the show notes. Basically, it's an email challenge. Um, She's going to have tools and discussions and all these things about comparison and um, just being authentically the person God created you to be. And um, it's like $12. You Venmo her like $12 and she signed you up for this challenge. And I'm just really excited for it because my life needs it. And if my life needs it, then someone else's life probably needs it too. (laughs) So, um, without further ado, this lovely conversation with Mary and, um, I'm so thankful that she agreed to be a guest on this podcast. And I honestly cannot wait until the day I can meet her in person and give her a big old hug, um, because just her presence, um, even in the Instagram space really gives, um, just this mentorship and peace and joy and Christ's love and it's just beautiful. So I'm just thankful for her. I'm thankful for the opportunity to talk to her and I hope you guys really enjoy our conversation. Welcome to the Holy Hot Mess podcast. I'm your host Heather and this is the podcast where we strive for holiness even when everything in the world and our personal lives can feel like it's a massive hot mess. From deep theological chats to simple practical advice. We talk about it all here, all in hopes that we can encourage each other to keep our eyes, hearts, and minds set on heaven.
1: So I was like, "Oh my gosh, what is she? What is she going to do? Is she going to like show up and and like what you wore to church?" Or and like- so
0: I wore really fancy stuff to church, but then I yeah. we went and um, our YMCA every 9-11 does a stair climb. Oh so wow. You- Yeah, it's really humbling. And I cry every time. Um, But so you climb 110 flights of stairs. And they give you I'm still wearing it. They give you somebody who perished on that day. And so like, you're walking for them. Yeah, it's really hard. And now I'm my kids all do it. And now the twins can't do it, but my son smoked me today. 19 minutes. He did 110 flights of stairs, and it took me 32. It was so embarrassing. He wow. got off, and I like looked over at his stairmaster. I was like, "What in the world?" But yeah, so I'm like just like my makeup
1: stayed, but very, very, I'm, I'm very, very happy to show up in my pajamas. So hey, I I don't it's have a, a shirt day. on. I'm it's just in a. Day. Listen to me. It's a Sunday. It's called a day of rest
0: for a reason. It's a rest for a, for a reason. reason. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I just I'm gonna have you kind of introduce yourself. I'm already recording, but um okay. just kind of tell us who you are. Um I really want to I listened to your podcast with the little Catholic with Priscilla, mm-hmm. who we all love. Mm-hmm. And um I just want to talk about comparison with you because I know you're working on stuff with that. So I want that's what I want to get to. i okay. you might be sick of that. We'll probably oh, no. divert no, I'm sick of it. So okay. no. Okay. Yeah, and, and then I want you to talk about your challenge too, because I signed up for that and I'm I'm super Excited for it, so yeah. Okay, so you're Mary. Tell me about you. Hi, I'm Mary.
1: <laughs> yes. So I'm Mary Lenneberg. I am a wife, a mom. Uh, let me see, Jerry. My husband Jerry and I have been married for 34 years. Um, I will be a newly minted 55 year old in two weeks. So I'm a uh, it's just kind of exciting. It's a, it's a new season in life. Um, yeah. we were blessed with four souls Two We didn't get to hold the side of heaven. And then our mm-hmm. daughter, Courtney, um, had multiple disabilities and issues in her life. She had a, a seizure disorder and she passed away. It'll be eight years this December. So I can't believe it's been eight years, but so, uh,
0: just one thing that I always, yeah. it kind of warms my heart. And I've never told you, um, uh, the day that she passed away was the day my mm-hmm. son was baptized. I remember that I remember you so me okay, that. so and it's, yeah. it just warms so she my entered soul heaven then. And he entered heaven at the same time, right? Like, right? Yeah, so beautiful. So, yeah, beautiful. Okay, anyways, all right, so, so yeah,
1: so she's been uh, she was 22 when she went home to the Lord, and then our son Jonathan will be 33 this November. This is Jesus' year, and he and his beautiful wife Jessica have been married almost a year on the 23rd, it'll be a year, but they're expecting Jude, Mr. Jude, who's oh. due in. I think four weeks. Yeah. Beginning of so middle that middle grandma life is gonna fill you up. Grandmary. I'm Mary. so excited. I can't, wait. I can't wait. I'm I'm excited and I'm just I wanna be, I wanna be a good help to them. Mm-hmm. You know, my own relationship with my own mother-in-law was a little uh was not the best, especially in yeah. those early years. And so I'm determined to kind of break that that cycle yeah and so I've been you know she's probably so annoyed Jessica never gets annoyed with me but she probably is annoyed with me internally like why does she keep asking all these questions I just I sort of like I told her the other day I just I just want to be the best mother-in-law that I can be you know like respect
0: boundaries too because maybe something you know internally that I wanted as a young mother
1: when I become a grandmother like is that what
0: my daughter-in-law is going to want or whatever you know
1: well, we're yeah. very different people. Like mm-hmm. she basically, Jonathan married his dad because mm-hmm. Jonathan was very much like me. Oh. So, <laughs> so she and Jerry are just like, she's a female Jerry. It's just funny. That's funny. Um, but she's super smart and and just such a delight. And the way she loves my son is beautiful and wonderful. And it's everything a mother wants for their child. Yeah, so I bet
0: that um, you're just a wonderful mother-in-law. I am really blessed. I brag about her all the time. But my mother-in-law is one of my best friends on I love it. on this earth and i i love her dearly and she had my husband when she was 16 years old and just knowing that she chose life even though it was extremely hard um I, I just always think of that and i think of like if she had just made for one day a second decision i wouldn't have the life that i have and um she's just a blessing and um our communication is open and i've never in 14 13 years of knowing them we've been married for 11 I've never felt like I couldn't say like hey I don't really feel comfortable with it you know like whether right. it be like giving the kids sweets when I'm like crazy about no sugar or whatever you know yeah. she's really respectful about that and so I'm sure you're a wonderful wonderful mother
1: I well I you know I don't know you'd have to ask Jessica but I'm trying so you know, <laughs> I think hey. she's pretty awesome and yeah. I can't wait to meet Jude oh, and baby Jude. Yeah. I just, it's, it's a new season of life. So I find myself in a, in a new place and um, I've written two books and I've um, traveled the world uh, speaking internationally, Mm -hmm. which I never saw happening, you know, as a young mom and wife. Um, My husband was in the Navy for 12 years. We were active duty for 12 years. And so I had experienced, I think uh, four, we did four deployments during that time. And, and he had just left he had been out for, I think, two years. Like we're recording this on September 11th. So I was he, actually
0: going to ask you.
1: Yeah, he was out. He was, he was um, a civilian at that point. Okay. I will never forget that day. I mean, we were uh, with Courtney, we were at the occupational therapist getting uh, new AFOs, new uh, braces for her feet cast. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the technicians just grabbed a person went running out. And I found out later she lived in the apartments across from the Pentagon. And so she wasn't sure what was happening at home. And yeah, it was just, just, we live right outside of DC and it was just a really harrowing day for everyone. Absolutely. My
0: dad uh, was in the Navy for 35 years. I'm sure, so for context for everybody, we recorded a podcast three years ago, but I left my computer outside because children, and it rained and it fried my whole computer. And insurance was even like, we need to get it evaluated. I was like, when I turn this thing on its side, water lows out of it i promise you it's fried but i had to like go get a diagnostic but the podcast was lost um but yeah so my dad was navy and i was in ninth grade and um they had tvs on all the time in the lunchroom and for whatever reason my lunch bell was at nine thirty in the morning that's the time i ate lunch and i remember walking in and the news had put on because it was like wow this plane crashed into one of the twin towers and at first it was like this is a weird fluke like that's nuts and so because of that, we all watched in real time when the second
1: plane oh, came in and we
0: all knew. And my dad, um, he, was it the previous year? He was in the carrier strike group that oh, wow. the coal bombing was in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, we didn't have tech, the technology we have now. No. So it was like a ship has been bombed, you know, in this suicide bombed in this area of the Mediterranean or whatever, or wherever Yemen, I think. and um. And you know, it took us like two days to find out what yeah. ship it was, to know it, you know, whether it was my dad's or whatever. And so I remember distinctly him sitting down and um telling us like the today the world has changed and you will never forget this day ever. And I think I think that, and then coupled with the fact that it had such an effect on my husband, who I obviously didn't mm-hmm. know yet, um, and now he is 11 and a half years into an Air Force career. Um, That was very much sparked by that day. I think there's a very deep, real passion in me um, to never let my children forget that. You know what I mean? You know,
1: I remember coming home. Jerry had called me. We had like the flip phone, Mm -hmm. right? Right, the flip phone. And um, he called me. He's like, where are you? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we just came out of the, you know, getting your AFOs. And he's like, go home, go home right now and wait for me there. And I thought, oh my gosh, what do we, we, because we didn't know if we had to evacuate. We had no idea what was happening. Right. And um, so I got home and we sort of got home almost at the same time. And I remember him, he got out of his car, he had tears in his eyes and he said, never did I want to be back in uniform than I do right now. More than I do
0: right now. So, you know, I remember my dad, (laughs) sorry, I don't know. I'm so emotional because of the day, but. I remember my dad just self-sacrificially looked at me and said, when I get the call, you guys go to Oklahoma because that's safe and I'm going to go yeah. serve my country, you know, and I'll never forget that. And so it's hard for me in this day that we live in where people, um, I was just telling my husband, I was researching the the virtue of patriotism. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it's a virtue and it's supposed mm-hmm. to be the God-given thank you for the land you've been blessed to live in no matter where that is it's not american patriotism you know it's wherever god has chosen you to be Mm -hmm. in your life and and uh that there's pride in that and that you don't um not vice pride but you know there is honor and glory Mm -hmm. given to god for the fact that you have a homeland
1: oh absolutely and And that you're free in it whatever that means yeah whatever that means Mm
0: -hmm. um and and then free in christ within that even too um you know even during the holocaust and stuff people were still very honored to live in poland even when it had been taken over or you know things like that um so it's it's hard when patriotism or love for your country is uh...
1: it's no longer the popular idea
0: yes and i always think of september 12th 2000 Mm -hmm. or 2001 and and just how all the
1: yellow ribbons i'll never forget it
0: never forget it and the the, so many american flags and Mm -hmm. it just was like neighbors hugging neighbor i mean it was just Mm -hmm. beautiful Uh, and i i just i long for that i obviously don't
1: want another tragedy to happen but i long for that how about um, we skip the tragedy and just go to the Yellow River? Just go to the beautiful and, and go to the support of one another. Yeah. And go back to like, you know, do you need help? Can I help you? And I remember, um, you know, we've lived on base, on military bases, when we were yeah. in the Navy. And there is nothing like living on a military base during a time of upheaval. And Jerry was in the Navy during when Saddam um Saddam Hussein invaded Iraq. And yeah. so, um, I remember that. I remember yeah. when that invasion happened, mm-hmm. and we were on a base, you know. And it was like, I can imagine that's what it would have felt like when Pearl Harbor was bombed. Like yeah. wives were, were, we were out in the, like, who needs what? Whose yeah. husband was being called up? Who's? We lived with um, in a seal Navy SEAL neighborhood, so you knew all of them were gone. Yeah, you knew all, all of them. And, being, and
0: know, when they leave. They don't there's tell no you, notice. Notice, there's no notice. Yeah. I used to they babysit just- for a high school teacher I had and her husband was a seal and, and he mm-hmm. would just, she'd wake up and he would just leave a you note that said, I, I'll, I love you. Yeah. I'll be back.
1: Nothing. So, you like- would, so we would kind of deploy ourselves. Like yeah. I've got block A, you've got block B, you know, who's gone, who needs help? And all the teenage boys, they would be out there doing the lawns of all the ones whose dads said were gone, you know, yeah. and we just kind of came together and took care of each other. And I have to tell you, I really miss that. So I, miss I, miss that.
0: I miss it too, because, um, you know, the entire time Brandon's been in the military, um, I, I think social media and technology has had the detriment on that too, because, because you have this facade of still technically keeping up with your family. Mm-hmm. And so when you're technically keeping up, it's like you don't rely on the people around you so much. Yes. Um, and this is not a wartime military. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, there have been wars. We were in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. but it was not this entirety mobilized. for huge One ship. goal. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, it's it's really, uh, it's kind of, the military is kind of run managerially now. And, mm-hmm. and so we... You know we didn't a lot of it it's it's uh competitiveness it's it's competitiveness and whose husband can can get more flight hours and who can do whatever and um but when
1: we moved, okay now that part has not changed no okay <laughs> uh, you're a flying community too yeah yeah well, we, when we went that to the part North hasn't party. changed but i think the cohesiveness of of um the families gathering the neighborhood gathering yeah. Squadron, whatever the ship's company, whatever you are, kind of gathering and and rallying. Together. You know, I think maybe during deployments, maybe they do in a different way. Yeah. But the day-to-day kind of movement, I think, is different because the world is different.
0: Yeah, and we so have.
1: You have to adjust. It's just that.
0: different. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, so we'll shift. I've cried already, you know, we'll shift a little <laughs> bit. But um <laughs> so, okay, so I'd love for you to talk about I just reread um The Bold and the Broken. That was the mm-hmm. second one.
1: That was the second one. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um and I was like I was like 25 minutes into it and I was already folding laundry and like welling up in tears. I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's speaking to my soul." Um and I would love for you to just kind of shift into just what made you want to write and, and kind of where is that leading you now?
1: Oh gosh. Um, I was a very reluctant author. Let me be very, very clear. <laughs> okay. okay? Um, school is, is, when I think of writing, I think of school, mm-hmm. and school was not the place for me. I, I did not enjoy it. I enjoyed some of the people like yeah. the social aspect, but the academics were always very challenging for me. I didn't realize I was in college that I was dyslexic. So okay. I didn't learn how to read until I was in the third grade. So I was way behind uh-huh, right?
0: other kids. And there's yeah. just
1: a lot of, there's a lot of, um, a lot of baggage, a lot of emotional baggage, mm-hmm. some trauma that comes with that, that you don't yeah. really think about until mm-hmm. you're a parent and you're looking at your child who happens to have a Mensa you know, Jonathan is like, he actually has a little piece of paper that says he's a certified genius. Forgets to brush his teeth, but he's a certified genius. And (laughs) and I'm like average, like yeah, maybe even a little below average academically. And I'm not putting myself down. I'm just in an academic way. That's not my gifting. I'm not a book learner. Yeah. So when I was approached after um Courtney had passed away and I was trying to figure out what to do with my life I had I was a nanny because I knew how to do that and you had to love little people. Yes. And then I was a, a church lady. I was the um liturgist for my parish for a year. Um so I can order vestments and candles and all kinds of things. I know all the the, the ins and outs of that. Yeah. But um Toward the end of my time as the liturgist, I was offered an opportunity to go speak and sort of tell my side of the story of Courtney. Mm -hmm. And I ended up out in Oregon in front of 400 women, was my very first speaking engagement. I was completely unprepared for that experience, Um, but it was life-changing to me. And I had a moment with the Holy Spirit, and he was like, are you ready to kind of take an adventure? You know, and I wasn't sure if I was ready. Um, As a matter of fact, I pretty much know now I wasn't, but that wasn't the point to yeah. be read. The point was to say yes. Yeah. So I came home. I resigned from my liturgist's position and I started speaking. Now, when you're out on the circuit, as they say, and you're speaking, <laughs> a lot of people will ask you, so do you have a book? Did you write the story down? Did you? So I started getting a um, lot of those questions and um, I started a conversation with Ave Maria Press. And the first time I was asked to sort of do it, I was like, mm, no, I can't do it. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to write a book. I just don't know. how to yeah. write a book. And they were like, we have an editor we have, you know, we'll walk you. Th-. I'm like, mm, just not feeling it. Yeah. And wasn't feeling it. it was the third time. And it was really my husband that said, yes, he was like, it's time you need to do this. Interesting. And so he kind of placed me in a position where I was embarrassed to not say yes.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, I just didn't, I didn't want to be that person. So once we figured out what to write, the first book was called be brave and the scared. And it's mm-hmm. really it's my story, it's a story of my heart, yeah, and how it starts on the day of Courtney's baptism when she started having seizures mm-hmm. and then a little bit after she passed away. but it's not really her story. she's no. the thread that holds the whole book together, yeah, but it's how I reacted to everything, um, how I as a mother to my perfectly capable and typical son, mm-hmm. and all of the things. He- he went through, what happened to my marriage, what my husband went through mm-hmm. from my perspective. Yeah. Right. And so the first six chapters, you're pretty much walking into the third ring of hell. And then as Jerry says, Darth Vader is redeemed in chapter seven. So, yeah. Because <laughs> there was a lot that happened in our marriage. There was a lot that happened um, in our community. There was just a lot, a lot. And, and so after really, that, sorry,
0: um, the, sorry. It's, it's really, just redeeming for me as a person who has a past that is really broken which we all have we all do (laughs) we all have a story but you know growing up and reading of like saints or whatever it listening to your story hearing your story reading your story uh, is really it's that story of redemption that like everybody needs to hear so um okay anyways i love that was the
1: first book so i came out of that experience um thankfully with my beautiful editor jamie wolf love her forever she's the true saint in the story she <laughs> with me. but she like she told me at the beginning of that process once i knew what i was doing with the book i was going to tell the the truth and nothing but the truth right we talk about addiction in the book and redemption mm-hmm. in the book and and i was the first catholic author that talked about pornography within marriage and how it affects a marriage and mm-hmm. especially a woman from a woman's point of view so yeah I remember her saying to me, she says, Mary, there's going to be a healing that happens through this process that I don't even think you recognize yet. Yeah. And I've never forgotten that because she was absolutely correct. And with that book, it sort of gave me the confidence mm-hmm. to stand on my story and what the Lord had done in my life. Yeah. That with the second book, where we really kind of dig into the lies that I believed about myself mm-hmm. growing up in different situations and Um, that led really to everything that happened in my life, yeah, yeah. my adult life. And so we kind of, the way it's written is there's a memory that's pulled out in every uh, chapter. Mm -hmm. There's a memory from junior high, there's a memory from high school. The cheerleading
0: one, I loved that story.
1: (laughs) And your dad's
0: response, he's like, I don't, my, my children are not quitters. So no, they're not quitters. And,
1: and we weren't allowed to quit. Like if you committed to play a sport, mm-hmm. like you played the whole season, whether you were on the bench, miserable or not, you had committed, you followed mm-hmm. through with that commitment unless there was something else going on a bullying situation. Yeah. Or whatever, like something you know,
0: truly detrimental.
1: Fit, then, you know, mom and dad would talk about it. They pray about it and then whatever, but no, if you started something, you had to finish it. Yeah. And, um, With that book, we talk a lot. Every chapter is really what's at the bottom of it is this idea of comparison, this idea that um, Eve, when she was presented with the opportunity to be obedient, decided in a moment to choose and grasp for herself something that wasn't hers. Yeah. And so that has rippled down through thousands of years of women Mm -hmm. and men, too, who grasp for something that's not theirs. And I kind of have a core wound of not feeling like I am enough. Like I have to prove myself. I have to earn your love and your respect. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that my parents loved me as best they could with everything they had, Yeah. but their own childhoods weren't perfect. And they brought into their marriage and into their parenting Mm -hmm. their own wounds. And therefore you have this, you know, generational kind of thing. And so What I realized was Jerry and myself, my husband and myself, we have the same wound. His is a mother wound. Mine is a father wound, Mm -hmm. right? So my, um, challenge is to, um, to look at myself the way that God sees me. And it took me until I was in my early Mm forties, late thirties, early forties to fully receive that. Yeah. And so the whole purpose of be bold in the broken, um, how I found my voice, how I found the courage to be the woman God is asking me to be. Yeah. The reason why I wrote it is because I didn't want somebody else, maybe in their teens, their 20s, their 30s, to have to wait. Yeah. Like yeah. look at the story that I'm sharing with you. And if you see yourself in it, yeah. take a moment, right? And yeah. submit yourself to the love of God. Yeah. Instead of the love of culture instead Mm. of the neighbor. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of this whole process of how I was grasping. I was comparing, I was deciding, "Mm, didn't want the gifts he gave me. I like those over there. I want those gifts. (laughs) Yeah, I like that one. Can I have that? No, that wasn't meant for me. Yeah. And it's not a matter. What I had to figure out was it's not a matter of, of me feeling less than in God's eyes. Like, why'd you give it to her and not me? Mm -hmm. Well, because, she needs it for her journey. Yeah. She needs it for her job. Your yeah. job is different. You know, and we fall into this, especially. Um, for example, I am I am a, a considered a, a Catholic speaker or a Christian speaker, whatever. So there's a lot of people in this space, right? Yeah. Of, Maggie says hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> the dog. You might hear
0: my children scream in the background. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: dog. Maggie says hello. Anyways, if they're um You know, there's, we all kind of talk about God. We're all talking about Jesus. We're all talking about redemption. We're all sharing our witness, Mm -hmm. but we're doing it separately. We're doing it differently. But even in that space, there can be, well, she's talking about Jesus. Why do you need to talk about Jesus? Yeah. Well, because Jesus did something different in my heart. Well, he redeemed you, didn't he? Yes, but it looks different and it sounds different because I'm different. We are so unique and unrepeatable that. You in this beautiful podcast space have all these other mamas in this space and everybody's like, and you probably, I would imagine from time to find, listen to another podcast and you're like, oh, I, I talked about, wow, she really did that so much better than what I did on that topic. Yeah.
0: I really struggled. Um, I was really struggling like 2020, I just stopped recording
1: Yeah, and
0: there was a lot of comparison. I was on social media a lot because of the pandemic. Like yeah. I was desperate for some that sort was of, where of connection. Your community was. Yep. Yeah. And, and I just was like, I'm not doing this right. Like if I don't do this where I have sponsorships and, you know, like all these things, if I'm not doing it with a like banging blog to go along with it and everything, then, I, then it's like, I, then I'm failing. Right. And so it was like last summer, I started getting this kind of itch to record again. And I knew that it, it's very cathartic for me. I'm sure writing was very cathartic for you too. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I get on here and I'm like, I don't know if anybody's listening, but I'm talking and it's making me feel better. So, um, I, I really just started praying, like really surrendering prayer to it. And I basically said like, God, if you want me to do this, I need you to provide because this podcast doesn't make any money. I'm not getting sponsors and ads and things like that. Um, so even the $150 it costs each year to host the podcast, like I need you to provide that because I can't mm-hmm. take that from my family. And I remember I was in adoration and God very clearly said to me, kind of like, if you build it, they will come yeah. but it, more in the sense that what you have to say, even if one person needs to hear it, I will provide that one person to hear that message and it will touch their soul and it'll, it'll be what they need to be. And I literally put out a call last like September, October and said, hey, I'm trying to raise some money to keep my podcast hosting. The bill comes on the 11th of November. I'd love it if anybody supported me. And within 24 hours, the podcast was was funded, there you, go. you know, and I was just yeah. I was so reaffirmed that like, I don't need to have a blog and graphics nope. and things to sell or whatever, you know, you need to say yes. Yes, and as soon as I did, everything
1: fell. Once you say yes, what you're saying to God is, okay, I'm going to say yes, it's all you. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. I'm going to do my daily tasks. I'm going to answer the vocation that you have called me to, which for me is is motherhood and being a wife. I'm going to answer that first always. Yep. This other thing, these books, the the speaking, whatever, those aren't gonna. They're not gonna take from that. And if they mm-hmm. start to take from that, yes. then I need to sit down and I need to get right with Rain you. Reign it
0: in. Yes. Yeah, God I need first. To get right with
1: myself and with my with the Lord, and go. Wait a minute. What's happening? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's happened a couple of times. So I've had to sort of stop for a minute. And so, so you're you're listening to all these other moms. You're, you're all these great podcasts, and then you hear something, and immediately you go to, I am not enough. Yep. It's not right, mm-hmm. and I know that feeling so so well. I know it so well because I am not anybody else. Yeah, but Mary Elizabeth Lenneberg. Yeah, that's it. That's and it's not that's it. Yay, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I, that's who I am. Praise that's God. Like me to be right. Yeah. And so like even yesterday, I just got back late last night from muncie indiana this beautiful town in the middle of indiana or toward the north actually i think and um i spoke to three different parishes they combined all the women from these parishes into the muncie catholic women's conference it's the first one they've ever had awesome and i had the great honor and privilege of going and talking to these women and the feedback i received last night was very simple thank you for telling the truth Thank you for being real. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you
1: for sharing your heart. Thank you for not talking down to us or at us, but talking with us, right? And that's the whole point. The whole point is that when you and I come to this conversation, Mm -hmm. we don't know what the Lord has in store for us, Yeah. right? We don't know what the Lord has in store for our conversation, Mm -hmm. but we both said yes to it. Yeah. So how about we present ourselves, our most honest and authentic selves and see what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. And that's how I have learned every single time when that feeling of comparison comes to me, Mm -hmm. when I'm on social media, when I'm reading another memoir or another book, Mm -hmm. or I'm talking to a friend from church, I'm talking to my mom about one of my siblings, you know, like whatever it is. And you get that little sort of burn in your chest and you're like, dang it. I'm just not all that and a bag of chips.
0: Yeah, I'm not doing it like this no Not world doing it like spot. that.
1: Yeah. In that moment, what what I have learned to do, and it has been a long, long, hard lesson, is to immediately without taking a breath, Father God bless them bless them for how well they're doing this bless them and their ministry bless them and their family bless yeah. them in and achieving their dreams whatever it is bless yeah. the lord jesus bless them bless them may i celebrate them and the gifts and talents that you have given them mm-hmm. and not feel i i totally deject i reject i will not harbor any envy yeah jealousy or resentment
0: that's beautiful
1: and i in the name of the lord i send it away from me it can go back to the gates of hell where it came from yeah right and it it's very quick it's like in my head and mm-hmm. if i'm not paying attention then it doesn't happen and i end up going the other way like yeah darn it i just didn't do it well shucks i'm i I really do suck noodles. This is awesome. I yeah. Okay. Yeah. shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And I question myself and I doubt myself. And I have to be honest, like I was sort of in that space yesterday when I was on um on Friday when I was on the plane to Indiana. I hadn't traveled in a while because the speaking world is just kind of opening up again. Yeah. And and I was just I the Lord and I were I was just kind of wrestling a little bit. I'm like are you sure this is what you want me to do? Like, am I supposed to continue this? Because, you know, am I supposed to write another book? Am I supposed to? And I was just sort of pressing into it. Mm-hmm. Like, please, can you just give me the big sign with all the neon lights that said, yes, Mary, you are to do. And the to-do list, yeah. because I beg for that all the time. He never gives it to me, but I beg for it. And just in the conversation with the team over dinner on Friday night, I went back to my hotel room and I put on my praise and worship music and I just praise the Lord because I'm mm-hmm. like, yep. you're going to take care of this. You'll provide the words. I, I live by the motto of um, of Mother Angelica. When somebody asked her, you know, you speak all the time, you have this daily television show, all these things. What do you know how to say? And she goes, I don't need to know what to say. I need to show up and say yes to the Holy Spirit. And he takes yeah. care of it. Yeah. And that's every time I have stepped onto a stage, save two or three times which I will never forget because they were awful, I say that like Holy Spirit whatever the words are, no matter what's written on my paper, whatever yeah. the words are, they're your words and that's you need cute. to give them. And that's what happened yesterday and it was beautiful and it was um hard and it was yeah. emotional um but I think for the women there and for myself Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get to celebrate God's redemption and restoration of your life, mm-hmm. it's a it's a freaking miracle, and um, life is a miracle, you know. Yeah, and when I start the question, I go back, you know, and I look at a picture of myself and my daughter, and I think, What did you know then?
0: What yeah. you knew then
1: was to get up and to do the next right thing, yeah, to love with everything you had, just
0: love that's with amazing. absolutely every fiber of your being. Um, yeah, yeah. And and that surrender, there's so much freedom in that. There's freedom in the surrender and in the obedience. And um, I was really struggling like a, a couple of weeks ago, just overwhelmed. You know, I've got this trauma in my past that I'm trying to deal with, and um, it it manifests when I don't handle it properly as anger, or I just threw. I mean, I threw an adult temper tantrum like two Sundays ago. And then it was, I mean, my husband's like, you need to get it together, you know? And so the next morning I went to the Adoration Chapel and I'm just in there praying, like, you know, God, I need you to help me be the mom you want me to be. I need you to help me through this because I feel like I've made a lot of progress with the trauma, but now I feel like I'm stalling. And and it was so funny because you you said you asked for this like big sign. So I go into the chapel at five o'clock in the morning, 5.30, and it's dark outside. And as I leave, we have this beautiful statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And um, I had been asking, there's there's something I've been praying to the Lord about for many years. And I know at least two or three times I've been reassured that this prayer will be answered, but homegirl, not on your time. Yeah. And so I, I have to rest in that. But, you know, sometimes I'm a human, so I get like restless. I'm like, when well, is this going to happen. So I really... The Lord told me years ago, like the red flowers will be what reminds you of this promise I've made you. And so I'm like, okay. So I walk out of the chapel. Here's this beautiful statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I'm crying to God about like, help me be a better mom. (laughs) And there's a red circle of flowers around Mary. And it literally was like a bullseye where God was like, hey, (laughs) I gave you a perfect example of how to be a great mom right here right here. here, and it had like the red flowers and everything and i know i looked at the statue on the way in and i did not see those flowers so in that hour that i was in there i was like oh my goodness but there's just something with that surrender where when you yeah. just say like and it's not a lazy surrender you still put one foot in front of the other oh
1: no i mean everybody always you know it's kind of like i have this little um print in one of my prayer spaces in the house and it says pray trust wait hmm And whenever we get to the wait part, everybody's like, yeah, I'm not so good at that. Who is? None of us are. We're human (laughs) beings. Yeah. We are not made to wait, right? We're very impatient with it. We want it now. But the thing is, is that wait is an action verb. Yeah. Yeah. It's an action to wait because what's happening, God is moving. He's putting things into play. He's mm-hmm. healing people, redeeming people, allowing other situations to happen in other people's life that are going all to all of a sudden come together and align mm-hmm. for what needs to happen in your life. God is an active God. He never, ever rests, right? Maybe today he's resting, but he never <laughs> rests, right? He's, he's, always yeah. he's always moving. He's always moving. It's like the master chess player. He's just moving the things. Mm-hmm. All the people and all the situations, and so we struggle with the weight. But I remember very, very specifically four years ago, my husband and I for for 14 years straight. This is the first fall we are not involved because God called us into a different season. But we did youth ministry at our parish. We're okay. part of the core team, so we were on the um, the final retreat of the week of the of the year, and it was uh, four years ago. And I have been praying a specific prayer for 30 years. 30 years, friend. <laughs> like the same paragraph yeah. for 30 years. Father God, would you please, X, Y, and Z. And I felt a lot of unrest and agitation leading into this particular retreat with the kids. You know, things were happening, and I know all about spiritual welfare, very, very familiar with it. Mm -hmm. And I just, but I didn't know what it was about. I'm like, it can't be about the retreat. I mean, what's gonna happen on this retreat? Is somebody coming becoming Catholic? They've decided because we had kids that were Catholic and not Catholic, they could bring their friends, all of this sort of stuff. So we get there, and you have to walk up a hill to go to one of the auditoriums in this retreat place. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking up that hill, and boy, it's hot. And I am sweating, and I'm just like, it's like a half a mile. High grade. Heck. I don't know what grade, grade yes, yeah. but it was hard. And you know, I'm going slow. I'm a plus size woman. I'm I'm you know four years ago, I was I just turned fifty. Mm-hmm. I, it's just like come on, come on, come on. I made it up to the top, and my husband was speaking that day. He was giving the uh, the boys talk. So it was mm-hmm. it was. They were going to talk about porn. They were going to talk about all these things, the hard things, yeah. the hard things. It was a hard talk. And I, we, I'd prayed over him. We'd prayed together. We had, you know, we had really prepared for this. And I realized at the top of the Hill at that moment, he was getting ready to give his talk. And so I had the girls were get were having a talk at the same time. And so uh, typically I would have been with the girls, but because Jerry was speaking, I, as his wife, um, the person that was running it was like, Mary, be in there, be in the back, mm-hmm. you know, listen to the end of the talk, like not the whole thing, but toward the end. And I heard a couple of the questions that the boys were asking him. Yeah. And in the answers that he gave to those questions, God answered that prayer of 30 years. Wow. And he allowed me to witness it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, not only did he answer it, but yeah. I was present, so there was no question. There was yeah. no doubt, and it was boom. Here it is, Mary, and yeah. I was just like laid, and my I was mind blown. I'm like,
0: that's beautiful. Yeah, what?
1: Like, what? I totally so beautiful mm-hmm. i had to like go to the ladies room because i was crying Aww. and then he's waiting for me and he's like why were you crying and i said come to the chapel with me went to the chapel because it was free time for the kids they're playing football whatever and i told him about the prayer and i told him what i've been praying <sighs> and here we are in front of the blessed sacrament and i'm like and god answered the prayer and he started crying he's like oh my gosh Mara. And i'm like I think we should pray now. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. and oh we just goodness. offered thanksgiving to the Lord. And it was 30 years and it wasn't yeah. a prayer I thought about every day. I mean, I prayed it, but it's not like I sat here and meditated upon it or it yeah. stopped me from living my life. Yeah. But it was just something it was a desire of my heart that I needed to hear from my spouse. Yeah. And, I heard it.
0: That's and
1: beautiful. you know, it, it was, and the thing is, is that if I had stopped when I was feeling tired, when I was feeling like, why, yeah, why does Sally, who lives across the street, why do her prayers get answered? Yeah. Why does Susie's prayers get answered? Why do Matt's prayers get answered? And Mary's prayers don't. Yeah. Well, that's not how God works. God answers all prayers with one of three answers. Yes, no, or wait for a minute. Yeah. Or thirty years, you know, thirty years.
0: Yeah, as you're saying that, I'm like, are you familiar
1: with Saint Monica? Because I'm familiar. (laughs) Okay, so let's look at Saint Monica. What a beautiful example of overcoming comparison Mm -hmm. and and never ever giving up right? Mm-hmm. So here, her son is doing all the things he shouldn't be doing. He has a child out of wedlock. He's drinking. He's all the women, all the things. Yeah. And it's not like he doesn't know the truth. It's just that he doesn't want to accept the truth because he knows it's going to have to change so completely. But he's like, yes. yeah, Lord, make me pure. Just not today. Like, can we do it maybe next Thursday? Right? Yeah. I kind of like want... living like this. Exactly. Yeah. She's going through her own stuff. She was an alcoholic. She was trying to overcome her own I didn't know marriage. that about
0: her. Oh, I, mean, yeah, I knew she about struggled. the
1: marriage. She struggled hard, you know, and she as she was overcoming her own own issues, she was active in, in praying for her son. She wrote letters to the bishops. She showed up when he didn't want her to show up at events. <laughs> she never left him alone. Yeah. Whether it be spiritually or when she had the opportunity to physically be present. Yeah. She did not give up. She was tenacious. She was undaunted. All right, and finally, what happens? He's one of the doctors of the church of the church no, <laughs> he convert like he converts with the capital C, yeah, a capital letter explanation point, explanation point, yeah, we now read about the turmoil in his soul and what he went through in his life and how he loved his mother for never giving up on him, yeah, and so when we stop listening to comparison, if we stop listening to the lies. That Satan has for us in culture and on social media, which is a good social media is good. Yeah. But it can be twisted as with anything else in life. Yes. You have to be careful and be aware. But all of that, you know, it's like Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good of those who love him. Yeah. You know, God is going to take all of those whispers and he's going to stamp them out with his love. And he's going to make sure that you have no doubt. Look at the scripture that we read today in mass he's a prodigal son he's like crazy in love with you yeah that he's gonna run to you he's gonna find you he's going to leave the 99 to find the one yeah i mean would we would we as parents do that for our own children some would say no i would say yes yeah but you know there's so much brokenness that's not a guarantee
0: yeah, so it as is I was,
1: for, it is for him.
0: yeah, so as I'm, you know, I, I, we go to mass, I'm listening to the prodigal son and um, then we get to the, the stair climb and I, I got to flight 53 out of 110 and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> at all. It was miserable. My back was hurting, um, you know, and I was like, this really sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. And I knew I'd be mad at myself if I didn't finish. Um, because, because I've done it before, I know I can finish it. It's mm-hmm. just the perseverance, you know? And so I'm walking and in my head, I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. This is hard. Like, you know, I, I kind of slowed down the Stairmaster and yeah. this voice kind of came into my head that said, um, there's people up there. And I know that's not maybe necessarily God, but I thought, I guarantee who? you, well, it could have been God, but I, I guarantee Spiritus you. Says- no, I I, yeah and i I guarantee you on nine eleven when people were climbing those stairs, they were walking to their death they They knew this was a hopeless, earthly, hopeless situation, but they kept climbing out of pure love for fellow man, you know i and i they probably didn't even know what physically compelled them to keep going into such a hopeless, seemingly hopeless situation you know and 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 I just imagined that there was this conversation where somebody slowed down and said, I, I, don't, I can't walk anymore. I've got 60 pounds of gear on me or whatever. And somebody and looked at them said, them. there's mm-hmm. people up there and they came alongside them and they helped pull them. And I just kept thinking of the prodigal son because how, if if humans in our imperfect nature can self-sacrificially march to their death on that day, knowing that i mean maybe they were just walking to give someone a glimpse of hope you know maybe they were walking to pray with these people you know whatever it was and i and i just thought there's somebody who does that for you every single day you know Mm -hmm. like in the in the catholic mass there is calvary is made present to us he is literally marching to his death his sacrifice has been made eternal and when that host is lifted that is eternal hope you know and so I just, I really equated the two of like, we get we look at this sacrifice so admirably on 9-11 when I'm marching these stairs and stuff, but being Catholic, sometimes we take that very much for granted because mass has been a part of my life, my whole mm-hmm. life, you know, and, and so just kind of that, that kick in the gut where I was like, oh man, he, he did that for me, you for know you what I mean? Specifically
1: and specifically just for you, Yeah, like the cross just for you. He it's, was thinking, Heather, I am offering this for yeah. you, yeah. for you and you alone. And I recently, I, I don't know who wrote it or who said it. And I apologize to whatever priest that I didn't remember. <laughs> but i they said that God was humble enough and so in love with us that he humbled himself to be disguised in a piece of bread. Yeah. So that we could receive him. It's just the it God of all the universe, the King of Kings. Yeah. Humbles himself enough to come in the form of a piece of bread so that he might nourish us yeah, it's, from it, the inside out.
0: It's beautiful. My daughter, my oldest daughter just started first communion prep today. And, oh. um, Yeah. And it was, it was such a, just such a joy. And, um, the sister who is leading the class, sister Anna Maria, she's a little Italian spitfire. And, um, she said, has any, did anybody hear that the queen died? The queen of England died. Mm -hmm. Everybody said, yeah. And she said, well, what happens next then? And they said, well, now there's a King. And, uh, and she said, what would you say, what would you say if the King, what would you do if the King was coming to your house tomorrow? Some of the kids are like, Well, we'd clean the toilets and we you know, we'd make sure we vacuum. And um, and she said, Now what if he came to your house and said, I choose you to be my best friend, my best friend forever, and I'll never leave you. And the kids were like, Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. And I said, What if what if he said, I choose you to be the one who gets to live in the kingdom when I pass away? And they were like, That would be amazing, you know? And she said, The king of kings has chosen you for that. I just thought, man. We're all so poorly catechized, if we can't, you know what I mean, like if that's not at the forefront of our brain, so much is just like he literally just wants us to love him in return
1: that's it, yeah, he just wants relationship that's it it's what it's all about,
0: yeah, you and so the relationship there was I did this walking with purpose study i don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. heard of it, um and one of the opening videos of it it was years ago, my Bible study's about to do it again, but um she described a painter who came to her house and made this masterpiece of her family. Months and months and months, and then the painter comes back and presents it to the family. And the family's like, oh, thank you. You know, here's your check, whatever. And they leave. And then after, her daughters were like, that's not what my nose looks like, da-da-da-da. You know, and they were kind of criticizing it. And, and the, the leader said, you know, I wonder if God feels that way when we criticize ourselves and we compare ourselves mm-hmm. because that is that artist's masterpiece. They spent hours and hours on every fine detail and it is perfect to them. So when we look in the mirror or we compare ourselves to someone on social media and we have the audacity to basically tell God that he made a mistake, mm-hmm. how, I mean, you know, as a mother, it is so hurtful when your child mm-hmm. thinks less of themselves you know what i mean so i always kind of get hit in the gut with that when i'm when i get trapped in that comparison game you know this woman works outside the home and she makes all this money and they get to go on these all these vacations maybe if i just put my kids in school and and did that then then we would get to go on these grand vacations and then i'm like no i know what god has asked me to do and if i don't rest in that then i'm being really disrespectful to the gifts that i've been given unique gifts i've been given you know
1: it's interesting because recently I, um, this past summer, um, I was kind of called out on some of my, uh, the way I talked to myself. Okay. Um, and I was dear, two very, very dear friends of mine who had no idea that the same conversation was going on, you know, oh. one, on one part of the day, one later in the day. And, um, and I loved these women like sisters and it was hard to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were like, you wouldn't talk to another human being the way you just described yourself. Yes. So why are you talking about yourself? I'm not and one of them, she was like, I'm not listening to it anymore. I've had enough. Yeah. Like she was up in my grill and she was like, You are beautiful, you are this. And and I just it's very hard for me to hear those words sometimes, mm-hmm. right? um because i don't necessarily feel beautiful and I'm, as a plus size person i'm like i don't necessarily i look at pictures and i'm like yeah look at that i mean i look like a pumpkin yeah. and i'm not you know i'm an apple shaped human you know i'm just round in places that i didn't used to be round and so it's it's challenging for me but here's the thing i am made in the image and likeness of god yeah and if i call myself something negative Then what I'm doing is I'm saying that God made a mistake and I'm telling him that he's not, what he did wasn't good enough.
0: You're basically telling him he's not God then. Yeah.
1: I mean, and that he hung on that cross and he died for me and it wasn't enough. He needs to do it again. Yeah. And I I mean, you're just like, once you understand that, it's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm just going to go to adoration now and sort of say, I'm sorry. And can we maybe start again? You yeah. Know?
0: Like, <laughs> over and over I, again.
1: <laughs> and that's where like, I'm doing this challenge that starts on Thursday um, called the comparison challenge. It's called celebrate and not compare, learn how to be the woman, you know, be, be courageous enough to be the woman God called you to in be. capital letters to be right. Yeah. You and I are doing something similar in the world in that we evangelize, right. We share yeah. our witness, we share our stories. But our stories are not the same. There are some similarities, of course, which yeah. is beautiful. There's some ways for us to connect. But the way you were raised, the way I was raised, you know, um, what church you went to, what church I went to, what catechism you were given, what catechism I It's all different, right? Mm-hmm. I'm older than you are, right? So even technology was different and the world was different when I was in junior high and high school compared to when you were. But what we share is a heart for the Lord. Yeah. Right. That's at the core of what we know is that we both love God and we love him so much that we've said yes to him in our lives. And even when we don't get it right, praise the Lord for the sacrament of confession. We can kind of scrub it all down and go at it again. Right. Yeah. And so I'm doing this challenge and, and it was from this conversation, these two conversations, when I realized that I, had some serious, I thought I had conquered some things. And I have, I certainly have. Yeah. But when you conquer something and you're healed from something, God is going to reveal a new layer of healing that needs to happen. You're never stagnant in your healing or your redemption. It's yeah. always going deeper. And that's what this was. It was a call to a deeper restoration of my heart, a deeper restoration of my mind, a redemption.
0: Well, right. and your self-worth, um, mm-hmm. your inherent beauty, like when I see you talk and speak, like, I don't, the first thing I think is not, that's a plus size woman evangelizing. <clears throat> like, I think like Mary is beautiful. And honestly, when you stopped dying your hair, <laughs> I thought she is so beautiful, oh, just you. living authentically. Yeah, And it made me stop dying my hair. I don't have gray hair yet. But I have lived my entire life as this like platinum blonde, mm-hmm. naturally blonde, which is ridiculous because people pay money to have hair my color anyway. <laughs> but, but it was funny because I, I just, you being authentically yourself in our own imperfections helps other people, even if it's just at a glimpse where I was like, oh my gosh, she's letting her gray show. And then I thought,
1: she's so confident.
0: And I'm sure you don't necessarily feel that way I, all the time. Well, there, but... I,
1: you know, I have to. It's funny because I have to be honest. There are days I feel very confident. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's a good day. Come on, Jesus, let's go do this. Yeah. And there are other days where I'm just like, okay, I have to do what? Like, I have yeah. to show up for what? I know. Oh God, and, you know, and that's it's humanity, right? It's a, yeah. the up and down of who we are as humans. Yeah. But when you can catch yourself in those moments before you tip the scale in the negative yeah. way, that's where you see the growth and the change yes and that's what's happened to me over the last couple of months where i've seen the growth and the change and you know i'm I, I have to think about how am i going to describe my physical self right yeah. um because you can't see my full body here on, on the Zoom, <laughs> right so, and, and to be kind to myself right and yes. also to be kind to those that are listening or watching because they themselves might consider you know whatever round short uh you know, a square, yeah. whatever it is, how they see themselves, right? Yes. And so I do have confidence in the gifts and, and charisms that God has given me um until I start listening to the whisper of comparison. And it's in that whisper where the doubt slips in and it happens to all of us. It yeah. happens to the saints and they had to stand up and they had to rebuke it and they had to you know, work through it. And that usually meant more suffering for them. When we say we want to be saints and you look at the lives of the saints, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure I want to be St. Lawrence flipped over on a grill. Yeah, I don't think I want to be burned at the stake either. I, yeah. I, I, I certainly don't want to be St. Bartholomew who was skin was flayed, you know, like he was skinned. Yeah. No, I'm not really feeling the call to that. Yeah, not necessarily. But here's the thing. In those moments, they were martyrs. Yeah. They were living and dying for God, and we know when you live and die for God that an eternity in heaven is yours.
0: Well, and He and provides in that exactly. moment too. I try you to know? tell new moms, um, you know, I have people reach out to me if they have twins or find out they're pregnant and they have two little ones. That, you know, and it's it's that time where it's you're hard. like, oh it's my gosh, difficult. And I try to explain to them that you will not be given the grace. To be a mother of three or a mother of twins or a mother of five in you know five and six years or whatever until the moment requires it yeah so you asking for this grace while you're six month pregnant with with twins you're not you don't i mean you're you know you're obviously physically a mother, but like to have those babies in your arms and those logistics and things you God will not give those graces until the moment you need them, and when you do there's peace you know you just have to trust that i um I was going to tell you, so I I have a degree in nutrition and exercise as somebody who now podcasts and whatever, but, um, I, I know all the things I know about exercise. I know science about nutrition. I know it, but I've struggled with weight gain and all these things. And I've, I've made a lot of progress, but one of the things that really changed me is I, I hired, she's now a really good friend of mine, um, a wellness coach. And I felt ridiculous signing on with her as a wellness coach, because I have a degree in this, like, this is ridiculous. Um, And one of the things she said to me is kind of what your friend said to you. I was, I, I'm fat. I'm disgusting. I'm this, you know, I'm, I'm never going to lose the weight. You know, it's been three weeks. I haven't lost a pound, whatever it is. And she said, stop talking about my friend like that. Stop it. Yes.
1: My friend used the same words. Yeah, she, stop talking was about like, a friend like that. She said, yeah. you did
0: not talk about my best friend like that. And I just went, oh my gosh, if I had a friend talking about themselves or somebody else, mm-hmm. I would be like, that is horrible. Yeah. And then I thought, I talk about myself all the time. So I actually say that in my own head now. Stop talking about, you know, like I'm not going to be, I've had a lot of babies. I'm not going to be mm-hmm. a size two collegiate dancer at that's 21 years old again. I'm not. But there's something that has happened in that transformation. She helped heal my wounds with food, which was a big thing I didn't realize I had. Um, And the mentality on it, I'm very all or nothing. Um, But she helped me instead of doing things like I have to work out because I ate like crap, it would be things like I work out and I move my body because God gave me this body and I'm to take care of it and I'm to honor it. And she even went so far as to, you shouldn't also be pushing it and going too hard because I would injure myself or whatever. You know, you've you've been given this body to be able to answer a call, if and when it's placed on you, and and that could be a physical call someday, and and that could be kneeling in adoration. Do you want to be seventy years old and still be able to kneel in adoration? Then you need to move your body, you know. And but you don't need to kill yourself because of comparison because you're trying to look like this girl in the gym. You know,
1: it's well, not I mean, about. Have you ever thought? Um, and this has happened to me so many times you would think I would have gotten this much sooner in my life. <laughs> I've actually had conversations with those people, like you sit down with them, and yeah. you think their life is all rosy and wonderful. Uh-huh. And then you get the truth uh, of what they're struggling with, which might be something, the same thing you're struggling with, or something different. Yeah, but it's not like it's, it's struggle free. It's not like it's, uh you know, it's, it's, it's free of hardship. Yeah. They're going through things too. Uh, You know, it's the old adage, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, right? Oh, yeah. So you skip the fence. And then you're standing on dead grass. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute, it didn't look like that from over there. Mm -hmm. Right? That's the lie. That's the lie that Satan whispers. You know, you want that. Grasp of that. Hop the fence and go see how good it is over there. Yeah. No, because where you are, as St. Teresa of Avila said, Know without a doubt in your mind, you are exactly where you are meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. that's where I am.
0: Okay. So can you try to wrap it up because now we're at an hour already? Because yeah. I can talk forever. But um, okay, can you tell me how people find your challenge if they sure. want to sign up for it?
1: Oh, well, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. It's my favorite of the social media. I channels. me too.
0: I enjoy it. it much more.
1: Yes. So, um, and you can find me at Mary Lenneberg. So at M A R Y L E N A B U R G. Okay. And then if you go into my profile, there is a, it's, it says the comparison challenge in the profile. Yeah. And so you just click on that, you fill out the form, you do the Venmo thing. It's $12. I think I can't remember, but it's really inexpensive. And then you get a, um, an email every morning beginning the 15th through my birthday on the 25th okay. and it'll have a video for me, an encouraging video. You're going to have like a written meditation and you're going to have journaling prompts. Oh, and, um, and I've, I've decided this time because I made my own like playlist for this as well. So there'll be a song every day that's shared. Oh, that's if you want to nice. build your own playlist to kind of just give you some time to really just sit with it. And, and what is it? Um, we're going to talk about how to be courageous. We're going to talk about the virtues Um, that battle comparison so courage perseverance fortitude prudence um, faith trust hope love Um, because all of these things are gifts that god has given us through the holy spirit and they are our battlements they are what we pick up every day yeah you fight that voice that says you are not enough as you are you need to be like her yeah God didn't make me her god made me me yeah that's beautiful i love
0: i love i just love that um how god is able to use everyone's different story i i i have compared myself definitely to like other podcasters and things Mm -hmm. but um but I do think I've I've reached an area of faith and maturity where I I love when other people share their hearts and their stories, because I know it's going to touch someone mm-hmm. that needs to hear it in that way, you know, and um I've been through my trauma journey, like really sharing more about my story a little bit more. And, and it's some days I feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't, you know, and then I share it. And then I get like a message of somebody who says, You know what? I just reached out and found a a therapist, or I just finally went to confession again because I I have to. You know, things like that. And it's just—it's those little moments. It's always for the one.
1: It's always for the
0: one. one. Yeah, and so it's beautiful. And I'm just very thankful for the the beautiful woman that you are, and the grandma you're going to (laughs) be. And I'm I'm super thankful. It's I I really relate a, a lot to you because of your military wife life and. Um, so it's just a, it's always a joy to see you on Instagram and to be able to talk to you. And I have this saved on an external hard drive, so
1: nothing <laughs> will happen to it. <laughs> well, right back at you, friend. It's it always, I think women need to journey together in multi-generations I think when you reach back and grab the hand of one behind you reach forward and you walk together with the one ahead of you and we support each other and we lift each other up and we pray for each other that amazing things happen and if we all say we love Jesus we need to start acting like it so yeah
0: yeah absolutely and my birthday is on the 23rd and yours is on the 25th so when you said that that's Jonathan's anniversary I was like oh (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jonathan's uh yeah, October
0: 23rd. Oh, October 23rd. Yeah. Okay, mine's September. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. No, that's okay, September. I was 23rd. thinking and I was like, like, I don't think it was a Saturday last year, but
1: no. that's because it
0: was not September. 23rd. Yeah,
1: he was married. Um he was married on the 55th anniversary of my parents' convalidation. So
0: Oh, sweet. We we yeah. had we had our we got married uh May 17th. We did the military marriage. We he commissioned and we immediately ran off and got married because he was going to flight school. And then um we had our big wedding on uh, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, uh, very Irish themed, found out later, I'm not very Irish, I'm actually more Lithuanian, and so my husband was like, you're an absolute fraud, because our entire wedding was very Irish, was, uh, had fun? yeah, we had a blast, uh, was Jerry ever in Pensacola? Yes, that's where he got his wings, yeah. Oh, okay, so that's where Brandon got his wings too, Um, and uh, even though he's Air Force, but so we had Irish wakes from, um, from McGuire's at our, I mean, very I Irish, the it. bridesmaid's dresses were green and I'm just an absolute fraud, but we had our convalidation done, um, in June, June 17th, 2017. And, uh, we finally took a honeymoon after that. Cause we couldn't take a honeymoon with flight school and all the things. We came back pregnant with the twins and the priest who did our convalidation said, I walked up to him and I said, bother me. And He said, are you pregnant? And I was like, how did you know? And he goes, is it twins? And I said, how did you know? And he said, well, the past five convalidations I've done, they've all gotten pregnant with twins. And I was like, why didn't you tell people?
1: That should have been a precursor. Like, no, I think I'm going to have Father Smith. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, it was
0: really funny. But, That's beautiful. What a beautiful um, miracle. Yeah. Um. And then, if anybody is interested in having you speak, because I am very interested in having you come for a women's contract, I don't do Love anything it. at our church, but I'm gonna press the information. I'm here for you. Okay. Um. Yeah. Do they email you? Or yeah.
1: There's talk- there's a there's a form you can direct message me on Instagram. You can. Okay email me through my website. Um, You can reach out and whatever, Facebook message. I mean, it it goes through any and all. All the things. Okay, Mm -hmm.
0: cool. Then I'll link to everything in the show notes. And when I publish this, I already had somebody I was going to publish tomorrow because she has like Mm -hmm. a time sensitive thing she needs to push out. I might push yours out also on Wednesday just so that people have the opportunity to join the challenge because I think it's really, really needed in the world right now especially with women um, and social media everything just makes it can be so beautiful yes social media can be so i have made i got to i drove three hours to dallas texas to go to meg's baby shower i love it and i was just like i felt like a absolute lunatic and i walked in there and she just wrapped her arms around me and said i'm so glad you're here and i thought this app is really awesome <laughs> but then there's times where i just want to throw it yes. out a window you know it so all um, humanity yeah <laughs> yes
1: some so, days we're good some days not so much
0: yes exactly so um i'm just i'm super thankful that you were open to recording with me again Absolutely. um and i'm so excited for the challenge and uh and i'll I'll post about
1: it too because i think no worries just let me know yeah okay, let me know awesome. what you need and
0: i'll do it okay all right, cool friend. all right it was good talking to you bye you bye